Hello friends, and welcome to another episode of Bat Flips and Maple Dips. My name is Clayton Croker, coming to you from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Sunny and minus 35. Classic Saskatoon. Oh, beautiful. Uh, to my left we have Justin Anderson. Hello, good sir. Howdy. Howdy, okay. Boy, howdy. We got Woody from Toy Story in the house today, apparently. <laughs> and uh, joining us via Skype in the Maritimes, we have uh, Patrick Marsh. How you doing, bud? It is 34 degrees warmer where I am right now. Before it the podcast started... Negative one. Can we hang up on him real Before quick? Before the podcast started, <laughs> Patrick was real, real sad because the Jays so far in spring training, ah, they haven't gotten off to the best start. And he was a little bit of a Debbie Downer. And then he comes in hot at the start of the podcast. Literally. 34 degrees warmer. <laughs> life is good again. You really, you really turn that franchise around quick, bud. <laughs> What choice do I have, man? <laughs> and no one's going to listen to someone cry. I was kind of looking forward to Debbie Downer. I thought Patrick. he was going to go for, like, lie. Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, like, us two just bring oh, energy. Oh, bother. And then, oh, I, oh whatever. We've got three <laughs> high-energy things. This is going to be good. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about um, news around the major leagues uh, today. Stuff like uh, Manny Machado, Bryce Harper, uh, some other stuff going on in spring training. We're going to talk about uh, some Blue Jay news, Marcus Stroman, and... Him making headlines <laughs> yeah. once again sound like a broken record. You can't go a week also, without it. Yeah, also going to be talking about the uh, start of uh, spring training for the Jays. Before we dig into that, though, uh, as always, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at BFMD Podcast. Look us up. Uh, we're all over the SoundCloud, the iTunes, the Spotify, the TuneIn, the Stitcher, the Google Play Music. And again, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, give us a review, comments, ask us some questions. Tell us how we did, even if we sucked. Especially if us. we suck. Especially if we suck. Yeah, yeah. constructive criticism, guys. Um, trade deadline day. We're recording this on trade deadline day in the NHL. Um, before we get into baseball stuff, Justin. Mark any... Stone, probably the biggest name that moved. Yeah. Really, other than that, there was nothing that jumped out. I saw the Patrick's Red Wings made a trade. They got uh, Gustav Nyquist yeah. this morning. How do you feel about that, Patrick? Uh, I It was... It was coming. Um, disappointed in the return only because it was negatively impacted by the fact that he does have a, a no trade clause and that he can veto trades to 20 teams. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and the only reason that the trade happened was they approached him and mentioned that the the Sharks were interested and he, and he, he jumped at the chance. I don't blame him. I mean, he goes from being one of the worst teams in the National Hockey League for the last two seasons uh, over to a contending uh, San Jose Sharks team, which is going to be really hard to beat. And, yeah, I mean, I didn't think Jimmy Howard was going to get dealt, and if he was, I was going to be super salty about it. And I wouldn't even have been able to record today. It would have been so upset. <laughs> you would have been more depressed than you already were before. Wow, that Oof. would have been something. I'm kind of, I kind of wish you would have been traded now. Like Jimmy Howard will be a Red Wing for life, though. Like um, I'm, ho I'm hoping. I'd like to see him hit 300 wins with the team, yeah. which is very possible, um, especially if they can turn it around in the next couple of years. Because I, I do think Howard is likely to see an extension. He won't get paid nearly as much as what he he just did. Um, but I, I could see him getting extended in Detroit. I think he wants to finish his career in Detroit, and he's a popular player in the city, and he's having an all-star season, relatively speaking. So I say just, yeah, keep him around. The Flames do anything? No, not really. Um, mm. A lot of people crap on the Senators, and for good reason. But They made some great trades. The return they have gotten for Eric Carlson, Matt Duchesne, Mark Stone, and Ryan Dezingle, here's what they got in return for those four guys. 
two first-round picks, two conditional first-round picks, and by the sounds of it, at least one of those conditional mm. picks will turn out to be an actual pick going towards them because I think Mark Stone will re-up in Vegas. Yeah, he did. Three second-round yeah. picks, four NHLers, and five really good prospects. Yeah. Now, I know Carlson, Duchesne, and Stone are really, really good players, but the return for them pretty good well when you consider that they gave up two first round picks to get duchene last year they basically got what they paid for exactly and if duchene re-ups with columbus getting four first round picks well stone's reported that he's going to sign a deal once once he can i think Mm -hmm. it's like march 13th or something they can sign a deal with vegas so apparently it's gonna have like a 9.3 million dollar average annual value which that's high yeah, that's real high, but that's that's three million more than William Nylander's deal. Yeah. I mean, watch out for the Sens <laughs> in the next couple of years. They might be uh, a team to watch. Not for the next two years, they're going to be an absolute dumpster fire. But uh, let's get to uh, baseball, shall we? Because the one thing we uh, we missed was Manny Machado. Uh, yeah. I think he signed the day after our last recording, or he something did. Like yeah, that. it was uh, ten year, three hundred million dollar contract. Um, you guys called it San Diego. I never thought he would go to San Diego. Uh, one of the largest free agent contracts in American sports history. Patrick, just your, your first impressions of this deal. Good deal for the Padres. Good deal for Machado. Was there a loser and a winner in this deal, or did everybody win? I'd like to say that this is a win-win-lose scenario. It is a huge win for the San Diego Padres because they signed arguably top three uh, shortstop, maybe the best shortstop in baseball. Uh, he's definitely worth the money he's getting paid. Uh, it's also a win for Manny Machado because it is the largest free agent contract in American sports history. Kudos to him. That's a lot of money, and um, it's just a great, great to see. Uh, and it's a lose for the Baltimore Orioles who traded him away. And I guess it's also a loss for the Dodgers since they didn't sign him either. And he went to a rival. So there's two losers and there's two winners. And I guess I guess the fans, the Padres are winners. So it's three wins and two losses. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I think it's I think it's great. It's it's nice to see one of these deals finally happen. Don't get me wrong, it's a, it's a crap ton of money, and I don't I don't think anyone should be worth this much. But in, in the the way that baseball owners and the league are making money, players are worth this much based on the market. Mm-hmm. And that's why we're seeing these contracts at the surface. I mean, A-Rod signed some mammoth contracts years before he was, that players were actually worth this much. And we saw his second contract that he signed at the Yankees not turn out so well for, for both sides because he couldn't stay healthy later in his career. But this deal, I mean, Machado's 26. He's got an opt-out option in five years after 2023. So, I mean, you could see him stay in San Diego for five years and then opt out and maybe sign for more money. He'll be 31 at that time. He'll mm-hmm. still be in the prime of his career um, age-wise. Uh, I mean, we've seen some shortstops. I mean, Troy Tlewitzki, who is not much older than 31. I think he's like 34, and he's falling apart literally for the last year and a half. Uh, healthy today, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I like this deal for the Padres. Machado's going to play third base for them because they have the number two prospect in baseball fernando tatis jr who's a shortstop who will be up sometime this year just like our number one prospect vladdy they're just gonna keep him down there because service time of course mm-hmm. um but he's gonna come up and he's a shortstop like and he is he'll be elite like he'll be he'll be a top shortstop for the next 15 20 years when he comes up whereas machado actually played better defense at third base with the dodgers than he did play shortstop for the orioles too so mm-hmm. i mean I think Machado profiles better as a third baseman just because he has the arm strength and he's quick. He's got that good first step. He doesn't need to have as much range at third base because obviously the ball is usually coming in scorching at you. 
But I, I like this deal for both sides. I think it's smart that they added an opt out option so that either maybe the maybe Trotto kind of fizzles out and he's get and the, and the Padres get stuck with him or he excels and then he can get out of the deal and make more money later on. So I like the deal. Also, I think it's Fernando Tatis. Tatis? Yes. Sure. Because okay. I think Fernando Tatis Jr., um, I think he his dad is Fernando Tatis, who played for the Expos and stuff back in the day. Uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Okay. I didn't want to be I have a, I have a question that, for but... you guys. Okay. Sure. I, it just came to my mind here, thinking about Machado and the fact that it is a 10-year deal. Do you guys think that he'll continue to be worth that much money the full 10 years? Or do you think at some point he'll see like a significant decline in his ability and if so is the contract at all movable um as far as the production level if you look at projections of players who've performed similarly leading up to their age 26 season yes he'll he'll be productive enough over the lifetime of the contract to make it worth it the obviously the the first five years would probably be the most productive before he hits that 30 year old mark and maybe starts to slow down a bit but Machado's an elite talent so I mean even if the guy regresses a little bit below elite level in the later years of the deal it's still probably gonna work out for both sides wherever he ends up as far as movable I don't know that's tough I mean we saw the Jays have to eat uh, Russell Martin's like 80 percent of his salary and then obviously we're paying Troy Tulowitzki 38 million over two years to play for the Yankees um, so, I mean, in terms of movable without taking a, an insane amount of salary back in return, probably not, but it's always movable if you're willing to eat salary. <laughs> I think there's going to be some fall off because every third baseman seems to fall off mm-hmm. at least a little bit during their career because third base is a tough position to play. Oh, yeah. I mean, they don't call it the hot corner for no reason. <laughs> I mean, you're taking just screamers from third base um, constantly, like the quick movement and stuff like that. Your knees really, really start to wear down, and it can be a long season for third baseman. Um, but I don't see Manny Machado just all of a sudden forgetting how to play baseball. Like, I don't see a Rick DiPietro situation here where he gets a mega deal and all yeah. of a sudden just gets a case of the yips or something like that. That's not going to happen to Manny Machado. The one thing I will say about these super massive contracts, I mean, everyone sees the 10-year kind of thing, hey? But he has an opt-out after his fifth after year. five. So and he's probably going to opt-out. the point of out. having a 10-year deal? Right. Like, he has an opt-out. Well, I mean, you so look at... if things don't go well, you can just leave. You look at Kershaw, who opted out this season just just to sign their deal with the with the Dodgers. It's just it's almost the, it's an opportunity for those guys to make more money. <laughs> I hate that. That's, that's how it is. <laughs> I hate those mega deals. They're just filled with lies. Yeah. But again, I don't see Machado. I think I think San Diego, it's money well spent. Even though he is a little bit of an a-hole. Like I don't hustle. I don't do that kind of things. He's Manny Machado. He can mm-hmm. he can do what he wants. He's an absolute beast. <laughs> and yeah, Fernando Tatis Jr. can play um shortstop, yeah. second base, anything because Machado will be at third. Um, does this leave the door open for Bryce Harper to go to the San Diego Padres as well, Patrick? Or do you think that that's too much, adding Harper and Machado? I think it's very much so in the realm of possibility that that San Diego isn't done. Isn't it kind of alarming, though, guys, that it is like spring training has started and these guys are still, I mean, they're probably not sitting on their couch, but they're they're not signed. They're not playing anywhere. They're not getting ready for the season. I mean, I get it. They're both elite, but at the same time, like, I, it's just messed up what's going on right now with all these free agents sitting around waiting for jobs. And, like, a lot of young prospects now are, are getting a chance to get those at-bats in spring training. I just, what is going on? 
Like, what is happening? It's, That's the new norm. It's uh, it's it's how it is. We've seen players like Justin Verlander went on Twitter and called out the owners for not wanting to shell out money for these elite players. And Justin Verlander makes a ton of money himself, and it's probably worth every penny, and maybe and some. Uh, we, we've seen a bunch of players come out on Twitter in support of, of what he said, where he basically said, hey, the, the, these owners are raking in the dough. And for all these teams to say that they're in rebuilding mode is is false. Like, I mean, if you can scoop up a guy who's 26 and sign him to a 10-year deal in the prime of his career, why wouldn't you do it? You're not going to be rebuilding for 10 years unless you're the Edmonton Oilers and yeah. you're terrible, a terrible franchise. But it, it is baffling. I mean, we saw the same thing happen with Jake Arrieta last year before he actually signed with Philly. Um, almost, almost the season almost started, I think, before he signed last yeah. year. And he was a Scott Boris client, much to the chagrin of a lot of baseball people. But, I mean, Bryce Harper, now that Machado has signed this deal, there's the meme of Dwight Schrute's been going around, and it's 301 penny. Yeah, yeah, he's going to yeah, be looking for 301 million now. Mm-hmm. He's, gonna, he's worth more than Manny Machado, don't get me wrong, just offensively uh, speaking. Um but it is it, it does suck and it it sucks for fans because I mean we're sitting here and we're being robbed of of seeing these guys play. Granted, it is yes, it is spring training, yeah, but the longer sure. these things hold out, the less money that these guys can make or that these teams can make off of merchandising. Because I mean, if you sign Bryce Harper, you're selling millions and millions of dollars of jerseys right away. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the longer you have them, the more jerseys you're going to sell. And I mean, it, it's it's simple economics, and these guys are going to pay back these contracts and then some just through endorsement deals and all these merchandising opportunities that they're going to have bobbleheads, what you name it. And it is baffling. I mean, the Phillies are reportedly offering him a 10 year deal. Um, and even the Dodgers are kind of trying to come in at a shorter term for more money. And the, the giants are still rumored to be in and obviously that the Padres are too. So then the nationals have apparently moved on completely. Their, their owner came out last week and said, yeah, we're not really worried about Bryce anymore. He kind of made his decision. So, He's going to be in the National League. I think that's. I don't think there's any American League teams left in the race because the Yankees aren't going to give him the money, and they yeah. just signed Aaron Hicks to a seven-year ten or a seven-year seventy million dollar deal today. Mm-hmm. So I mean, yep. it's it seems like he's going to go to the NL, and it might be the NL West with, with either the Padres, the Dodgers, or the Giants. The Phillies want him, and they're willing to give him the money, but I don't know if Bryce Harper wants to go to Philly. Guys like us can sit here and judge a guy like Bryce Harper for not signing a contract. Come on, man. It's this much. It's this much. Man, these guys aren't like us. They're not normal people. They're basically like superheroes. I mean, guys are buying their jerseys. Grown men are wearing their jerseys, not just kids. I mean, they're in commercials. They have endorsement deals. They're not normal people that look at $300 million the way we look at $300 million. They're professional athletes. And yeah. in their minds, they are huge assets because they see how much money they make the team, the owner, the stuff like that. So, of course, they're going to hold out for more money. These guys, like these superstar level players, they have huge egos and they're going to be like, no, I'm worth every penny. Look what I did last year. Look how loved I am. So, of course, they're going to hold out. And who cares if they miss two weeks of spring training? Mm-hmm. These guys are like, you know what? This is my fifth, sixth year in the league. I don't care about spring training at all. So I don't, I don't blame them for not signing. I would love for these guys to be in camp way earlier than they are. But I think this is going to be the new norm. These superstar players with the enormous contracts that they have, everyone wants to be the highest paid player. Everyone's going to hold out until they can get the maximum amount of money. You can't blame them for doing so. It's just, it's just, no. a, it's just a horrible process. All the, all the power to them. I think they should hold out for what they're worth. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think anyone's worth that amount of money. But well, that's a discussion. That's the, mar- for that's the market. Yeah. Uh, speaking <laughs> of holding out, Craig Kimbrell still holding out. Are are you are you surprised about that, Patrick? Is that as big of a deal as Machado and Harper? Or? 
I think it's really underrated that he's still holding out. I'm not really sure. I mean, who who do the Red Sox have that could be the closer uh, right now? No one. Like if if it's Keith the bottom Cole. of the ninth, you know who's who's gonna take the ball? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> doesn't even. Um, I saw a pro- some projections on Twitter today. I'm just trying to find them. It was comparing the projected uh, F war of Boston versus New York. So the Fangraphs war. And so obviously the Yankees have the best bullpen in baseball. Their their F war is projected to be first in baseball in, in bullpen contribution with the Red Sox are projected at 22nd right now. That's a big gap between the teams who are expected to fight for the AL East. I think with Kimbrell, the Red Sox, obviously their numbers would increase. I mean, the, the guy is statistically one of the best closers in baseball history, just numbers-wise, based on what he's done. Um, so it, it's baffling to me. I'm not sure whether or not Craig Kimbrell is holding out or if the offers have just been that bad. Like, our team's just not interested in the guy. Like, I don't see how they can't be. Based on his track record, he just won a World Series. Granted, he didn't pitch the final inning. It was Chris Sale. But he did contribute a lot for the Red Sox during that playoff run. They ran him out there almost every game. And the guy yeah. bent but didn't break a bunch of times. I'd love I'd love he's, anybody to sign. I'd love him on my team. If the Jays, he's if the Jays only were not rude. been an All Star twice, yeah, exactly. in his career technically, although his rookie year he was an All Star mm-hmm. and he was Rookie of the Year. He's been relatively healthy like, too, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, the dude. The dude has already got three hundred and thirty three career saves at, at age thirty. Age thirty. Yeah, so he's still, in terms he's, of a bullpen arm, he's in the prime of his career. He's still chucking it's, it. I, w- I don't even know if we've seen peak Craig Kimbrell yet. I know yeah. he saved 50 games in 2013, but I'm not sure, like, I'm not 100% convinced we haven't seen, like, full, like, final form Craig Kimbrell. <laughs> but I don't know, I don't understand, like, wh- I don't know what his expectations are as far as salary goes. I think, Yeah. what did he, what did he get paid last year that's a good uh, question let me i'm trying to but uh, I mean, he got paid 13 million dollars last year okay definitely worth it yeah 13 million dollars to be arguably the best closer in baseball sure that's totally fine apparently the braves are still in on him but it's... yeah they're they're making a a move to try to get to him but I, what's boston doing like i don't understand why the red sox aren't interested in this guy don't they need a closer? They need Who's a their closer right now? They need a full bullpen. I don't know. They're going to be up by nine runs every single game, so I don't think it That's even their hope, I think. <laughs> My they're, God. they're loaded. It's not even fair. I mean, the guy strikes out four, struck out 14 batters per nine innings last year. That's pretty good. And he, his whip was .99. Yeah. Only, he blew five saves in 47 opportunities. Those are elite numbers. Yeah, he's an asset. And speaking of oh, assets, um, Dallas Keuchel. Yeah, still an- available. another one. Um, still available, but... Who's he going to go to? No one's really kind of picked up the talks until a few days ago. San Diego, again, <laughs> kind of linked to Dallas Keuchel. Yeah. San Diego's just linked to everybody, basically. Every free They've agent right now. Um, if you're San Diego, Patrick, do you go after Keuchel or no? Uh, I guess the way to look at it is, like, is Tatis coming up for sure this year? Um, if be. so, like, yeah, he should be. And, I mean, some of their other younger players are – you know, got their first and second seasons uh, over with these first mm-hmm. couple years of the San Diego rebuild. Keiko is what thirty three years old, something like that. That's a bit. 
yeah, it's like that's a bit old to be bringing him up. Like I wouldn't, I I personally, no matter what situation my team was in, wouldn't sign him for more than three years because there's no way to know whether or not he's going to break down, you know, in his age 37 season or not. I don't I don't think I would trust that. I personally would not invest the money in him. But the Padres might be like, we have a lot of momentum because we have Machado, we have Tatis Jr., we've got all these young outfielders that are extremely fast uh, and athletic. And I, I don't know, like, I feel like they're still missing way too many pieces to be like, yeah, we're going all in on Bryce Harper, yeah. and all in on Dallas Keuchel, and all in on, you know, whoever is left. It's it's a bit much. The Padres are shaping up to be kind of like Boston. They'll have a lot of offense, but their their pitching's going to be something to be desired. I was yeah. looking at their depth chart just now, and they don't really have many options in the rotation that would I'd be like, oh, yeah, this guy can win every five days. I don't think they have anybody who <laughs> can win no, every five days. Have, again, the Padres are a dumpster fire so right now outside of Machado. It's, it's interesting to see that they're they're making these moves for a lot of position players, and I think they're kind of hoping that there's some prospects. They have a couple of high-end pitching prospects that they're probably hoping will pan out. And they're probably hoping they can sign Dallas Keuchel. I mean, there's some other pitching options out there too. Um, Craig Kimbrell, maybe they sign him as well. But who, who knows? Like, I mean, yeah. they have a ton of money because they're kind of like how Houston was a couple years ago, and they had all those guys come up at the same time on these entry level and arbitration contracts. So their payroll's low, but they have a very high high skill cap right now. So they're they're in a position for the next couple of years to win to win now kind of thing. Not this year, but probably the next year or two. Kind of like the Jays, they're kind of shaping up to be in the same sort of trajectory as we are. Calling it right now. You know, Paul, Paul Quantrill's son is uh, is uh, a non-roster invitee. Yeah, I saw that. Cal, Cal, Cal Quantrill? Yeah. Sweet. He used to, he used to be with the Jays, like didn't he? Cal Quantrill? Cal Quantrill? Didn't he no. use the Jays? No. His, I, his, I know his dad His dad did. was. Okay, <laughs> maybe that's why I thought he was. I'm, no, Cal wasn't. Yeah. Um, we have Cal um, Stevenson. Yeah. A minor move. Josh Harrison signed with the Detroit Tigers. Whatever. Another guy is a valuable contributor, but I mean, Whatever. not a big name for We're not, not gonna, a big name for agent. No. <laughs> We're not going to waste time on him. Let's talk about the Jays. Um, the big uh, story in Jays land. Yeah. Uh, Marcus Stroman. I'm just going to read his quote uh, from the Sportsnet piece on February 17th here. Mentally, I'm ready to perform. Wherever it may be, I want to play here. I've been wanting to play here for a long time. I've been waiting to sign a long-term deal. I've been offered nothing. There's no one that embodies the city of Toronto more than me, and you're not going to find guys who want to come in and embody the city of Toronto because it's just not natural, and I've taken a liking to that myself, and that's been organic and natural. It's not something I had to do. That's something I wanted to do. I've always wanted to be here. I want to pitch in the American League East. I want to pitch against the Yankees. I want to pitch against the Red Sox. People shy away from that. People go and hide in the other leagues. I'm here. I don't care who's in the box. I'll face everybody. I couldn't care less. I think that's the type of mantra and type of confidence the city of Toronto needs. So, few things here. Um, the whole not getting a long-term deal and being a little upset about it. Stroman, you had a shit year last year. Like, he wasn't <laughs> great last year. And you're going to sit there and say, hey, I know I was really bad last year, but why didn't I get a long-term deal? Maybe because you didn't have a good year last year. I realize that you did a lot for the team the past couple years before that, but it's what have you done for me lately. Yep. And, yeah, you have blown your knee out before too, and you did come back and you pitched great from that, and you're totally healthy now. But, I mean, it's not like Marcus Stroman is this perfect player where you should sign long-term no matter what. He's got some baggage with him. So, obviously, they're not going to sign him to a long-year deal especially because he struggled last year. 
But at the same time, I love him coming out and embracing the city <laughs> of Toronto. It's good. Yeah. That part of it I love. I don't like the whole, hey, where's my long-term deal thing, but I love the fact that he loves Toronto. Changing his number to six, wanting to go up against the Yankees and Red Sox. I love that fire in him. It's just how he channels that fire. Sometimes I don't like where yeah. he goes with that. Um, Patrick, where, where are you on this whole Stroman rant here? I am so exhausted from Marcus Stroman. Like every, every time things cool off and then he gets a, the opportunity to just shut up and pitch and prove that he's the ace that he supposedly is, he says something like this. What's unnatural about embodying the city of Toronto? Look at Kawhi Leonard, one of the most unnatural human beings that's ever existed. <laughs> His, like, robotic laugh and everything. And the dude, like, it just... <sighs> There's one. I'm so... That's a big one. I'm, big I'm tired of these athletes coming to Toronto and acting like they're doing the world some kind of service by participating in, you know, the, the local sports team. Like, somehow they're, you know, they've taken on the cross of, of being a part of Toronto baseball or Toronto basketball. If you... If you don't embrace the city, you shouldn't be playing there anyway. But to say that it's like unnatural, just ask Kawhi Leonard. It, it it's not that hard. You know, he can, he came in here for a year. He's not even six months into his tenure as a Raptor. He's already the face of the franchise along with Kyle Lowry. It's not it's not unnatural. I think what's unnatural is the fact that. Marcus Stroman can't seem to put together three seasons in a row of like quality pitching, especially given all the talent that he has. And he always seems to run his mouth, you know, when he's at his worst. So I guess the question that comes to mind is, you know, is this just another one of Marcus Stroman's distractions to prevent us from, actually like looking critically at his performance and thinking well he's not as good as we thought he was i will say that i think Kawhi leonard before we get into stroman i think he's just putting on a brave face before he leaves next year because he knows he has a shot at the title this year there's no way that Kawhi's staying in toronto he's gone he's putting on a brave face he hates it there it's cold he doesn't like it there and like all these guys are from california and florida and texas obviously they think canada's weird so that's the one thing that's why i think it's like oh it's it's not the Toronto thing, because Toronto is one of the best cities in the world. I think it's the more Canada thing. Mm -hmm. And even though Toronto is very unlike a lot of places in Canada, <laughs> a lot of Americans lump Toronto with Canada. They think it's all the same. Maybe that's why they think it's such a, a service to come up here, kind of, if you will. But again, I can see where you're coming from, Patrick, because, I mean, Strowman's got to stop doing this. I love the second part. The, I want to pitch against the American League East, but he's got to stop doing the whole complaining about this is me, this is me. It's about the team, man. You, you say mm -hmm. you're all about the team, but at the same time, you're so worried about your contract. Like, Yeah, I, I understand what you guys are saying about this coming to Toronto thing. I think it's different across all the various sports, too. Like For me, I'm, I'm a fan of three Toronto sports teams, the Raptors, the Leafs, and the Jays. Mm -hmm. The Leafs are kind of the odd one out because, I mean, hockey is perceived as a Canadian sport. Yeah. And you have guys like John Tavares who took less money to come play for the team he grew up watching. Austin Matthews just signed a long-term deal. He's from Phoenix. Obviously, there's no hockey market in Phoenix. They mm -hmm. have a team, but, I mean, who wants to play in front of 300 people every night? 350. Come okay, on yeah, sorry. They, they have, sorry they, I forgot <laughs> that they beat Florida by average yeah. attendance somehow. Um, 
I think that that's that the, the hockey sport is kind of the odd man out. Basketball, I understand. I mean, we've had free agents, Vince Carter, Chris Bosch leave before. I've obviously Bosch and Carter were both traded, but I mean, uh, oh, sorry, Bosch was a free agent signed with Miami. Yeah. Carter was traded because he asked, he asked out. Bosch just didn't come back. Uh, DeRozan was sent away <laughs> for Kawhi, uh, deservedly so. I mean, Kawhi's an all-world talent. You take him. And yeah, I, he's probably not coming back, but I think it's been worth it to watch how good this guy is. Uh, every couple of games, he seems to sit out so often for load management. Mm-hmm. But I think with the Jays, I love, I, I like, I like Marcus Stroman's fire. I like that he has the Toronto skyline tattooed on his chest. The dude does love the city. Like, you don't get something tattooed on your chest if you don't like it. The the amount of work you'd have to go into to have that removed or changed, just like it's not worth it. Um, and 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 talking about his stats last year, I mean, yes, his ERA was five fifty four, but his FIP was three ninety one. It was point zero one higher than it was in two thousand seventeen when he pitched two hundred innings. He had a lot of bad luck. His ground ball percentage of sixty two point one is the exact same as it was the year before. I know you love the new stats, but I can't Dude, get past that ERA. The ERA don't look at the ERA. The I ERA do, is though. the ERA involves defense, man. Our defense was terrible. We were second last behind the Phillies last year. Major league baseball defense, it's it's, I yeah. mean, it's not it's, gonna be that big of a stretch. If you put, if pitchers can put ground balls in play Almost two thirds of the time, they should have a better numbers than that. Yeah, I can't get past it's the guys ERA. behind them. I I don't even look at ERA anymore. I'm beyond that. I've moved on. I've evolved. New school baseball <laughs> fans over here. Uh, I'm still old school. Honestly, yeah, it sucks that Marcus does things like these. Obviously, Ross Atkins came out afterwards and said they've talked to Marcus's team a bunch of times. He wouldn't say if they'd ever offered him a contract, but Stroman Stroman made it sound like there's never been any discussion. And yeah, it's probably quiet right now because yeah, he didn't ha- he didn't have a healthy season last year. You wouldn't offer a contract to Clayton Kershaw if he only pitched 100 innings the year before mm-hmm. for the amount that he's one that Stroman wants. It's like looking at Felix Hernandez. I mean, Felix was elite for six seven years, and now Long he's time. he's been dog shit for two and a half years now. Mm-hmm. His his play his quality has been going down repeatedly, and hopefully Stroman is not doing that. I mean, the guy is only 27. He'll be 28 halfway through this year. So, I mean, he's probably still got some good years ahead of him, but he's got to show this year, he didn't show it this today when he gave up those two home runs, he's got to show that he has, uh, he deserves a contract. Right now, he doesn't even really deserve to have a contract next year with the Jays. Here's a question for you guys. If you're a member of the Jays and you hear someone say that, I want to pitch in the AL East, I want to pitch against <laughs> the Yankees, I great. want to pitch against yeah. the Red Sox, you're, you're pumped it gets about you fired that, up. Right? right, Patrick? Of course, y- yes, but at the same time, this is just another stupid distraction to the bigger story, which is Marcus Stroman has not really performed up to the standards that we initially expected. And he, he's continually running his mouth in, in the, in the media. Like why? I don't know. I doesn't doesn't measure heart, Patrick. He's got a big chip on his shoulder. This is the kind of guy. We know that this is the kind of guy he is. You just got to kind of I'm just kind of ignoring it and I'm just going to I'm going to ignore the whole contract thing. Honestly, and I'm just going to focus on the whole good part of it. When this, Marcus had stuff. those two great years where he pitched 200 innings back to back, nobody was talking about his media antics cuz nobody cared cuz he was playing well. Yeah. If he starts playing well again, nobody's going to care anymore. That's the thing. You play well, it cures everything. Yeah. You don't play well, winning, everything gets Winning winning cures everything. Yeah, but at the same time, like just we want the Marcus Stroman from 2016 back. We don't want this new Instagram Marcus Can Stroman. Can we have Aaron Sanchez 2016 back too? 
I want Aaron Sanchez's 2016 fingers back. Right? <laughs> Aaron Sanchez is fine. But also, does Marcus Stroman have someone following him around all, all the time, posting Instagram for him? Oh, probably. Because he never takes selfies. He no. always has someone taking the yeah. photo for him. He's got an entourage. He's Must like uh, nice. he's like uh, Tracy Jordan's character in uh, yeah. 30 Rock. He's got his entourage. Also, Rogers <laughs> cutting the television coverage of spring training games. Do you care at all, Patrick? Or is it kind of annoying? Are yeah. you watching these games anyway? Or Yes, I'm watching or listening to them uh, in the event that there is no television coverage. But I've been all over these games and sometimes I'll duck out after so the sad. fourth or fifth <laughs> inning. But I mean, like, but I mean, come on, like, if you're paying, you know, $160 a year or whatever it is for MLB TV here in Canada, show me every game. I want every game. I'm paying for this. Well, I mean, to be fair, the games are on in the middle of the day for for most people. <laughs> so it's I can understand why they're not televising them. It does suck. I mean, they, they probably should be, but production costs and all this stuff and the staffing is probably they're probably not making as much as they would, if it would cost them to actually yeah. air the game. And unfortunately, again, you got to look at it from a business perspective. Yeah. Are a lot of people watching these games? Are they making a lot of revenue? When they're on at one o'clock Eastern time, probably, probably not. not. I mean, yeah. diehards like us would love every single spring training. I watched game the on first the inning at lunch today. Saw yeah. Tulo hit a home run. But whatever. Um, let's <laughs> oh, get it. Let's, let, let's start recapping yeah. some games. Something we haven't done it. in a long, long time. It's been a while since we've had baseball to talk about. Uh, the opener, we lost four nothing to the Tigers. That didn't look good. Ryan Barucki looked good. Two innings of shutout ball. That yep. wasn't bad. Thomas Pannone, fire him to the moon, guys. In Let's get sun, rid of in him. The sun. I am off the bandwagon <laughs> for him. Um, no Vladdy in that game, which was pretty anticlimactic. But um, your first impression of them, Patrick, they're the spring training opener, a little disappointing. But what, what were some positives and some negatives? Uh, some positives were that Teoscar Hernandez didn't strike out. Uh, both in both both his plate appearances, he actually had two hits. <laughs> Bo Bichette debuted as a DH, went one for two. Um, the the bullpen riffraff that we have, uh, they scattered four hits over six point one innings pitched. Once Panone got the Yanks, so uh, Fisk, Gaviglio, Elvis Luciano, uh, Meza, Waguspak, and McClellan were all. You know, they did what they needed to do, which was nice. Um, and then, obviously, Thomas Pannone, uh, absolutely disastrous performance. Um, I think, I know it's early, and this was only the first spring training game, but that hurts. I mean, you can't, if you're looking to be that number five starter, not to say that he, you know, had the better shot out of anybody, but if you're the one competing and you're following up Ryan Baraki, who's, you know, the heir apparent to that spot, and you're giving up four foreign runs on five hits, and you can't even get out of the inning. Uh, yeah, that's that's bad. It's not a good look. Yeah, well, if, if you consider that those those two guys are the guys who are supposedly battling out for that fifth start, I mean, the power rankings would have Baraki firmly ahead of Panone at this point after, <laughs> after two innings for Baraki and two-thirds for Panone. But it's early. Really early. And again, that's the thing. First spring training game, everyone's going to be That's my all favorite over thing about baseball. It's, it's early until August, and then it's not early anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that's because they play 162 yeah. games. Like it's, it's always early. It's early um, until game 100. <laughs> yeah, game two, we lost to the Shitbirds, 9 to 8. Um, Sean Reed Foley didn't look bad, but he only had 1K, three earned runs. Give up that home run. Yeah, yeah. see, that's the thing about Sean Reed Foley. He is going to give up home runs. Like we said before, 
It's early. Yeah, but again, they did put eight on the board, which is good news for our bats. Um, yeah. And Vladdy just went one for three with an RBI in his debut. <laughs> you see Dal- his, did you see his hit? Yeah, did gross. He, didn't he make it to the mound? Yeah, it's pretty bad. Uh, Dalton Pompey, though, two for three with a home run. Yeah. Is this foreshadowing, Patrick, for Dalton Pompey that he's going to have a good spring and maybe turn things around, or are you taking this with a grain of salt because of spring training? No, I mean, I've been really mean about Pompey in the past being like he's out of options he needs to you know go play on a different team or whatever but like I like seeing both he and Dwight Smith Jr. actually had great games at the plate um uh Smith had two RBIs and uh it's just good to see that we we have outfield depth that these guys are actually like I know again it's early but I think that home run really helped Pompey will help Pompey in the long run as far as making a case for being, you know, either the fifth outfielder or maybe they look to make a move and he becomes a fourth outfielder or what. Maybe they deal Kevin Pilar. Maybe Pompey gets that center fielder spot. I don't know. Oh, I'd love but that. I, you guys yeah, would oh, yeah, rather have Dalton Pompey over Kevin Pilar. <laughs> Just because it would piss you off. Dalton, no, like you guys are dead serious though. Dalton Pompey. Over Kevin Pillar, I mean, a, a solidified center fielder who has been in our lineup for the past four or five years, established. Sure, he's lost a step, but you'd rather have a guy who has done nothing at the major league level yeah. over an established guy like Kevin Pillar. I mean, if Kevin Pillar was an above other replacement level player, then maybe I would say that. But I mean, offensively, it at can't least be much you know worse. what you're getting with Kevin Pillar. Yeah. you have no <laughs> idea what you're going to get. Two eighty two on base percent at Droof. Um, Lourdes Gurriel had as high of an average as Kevin Pillar's uh, OBP last year. Veteran presence guy. He's yeah. kind of like a Kevin oh, Morales in the, of in, veterans. The, in, the, in the lineup. <laughs> Marcus Stroman also wants more veterans, even though we have a bunch. Yeah, whatever. I'm done with Stroman. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about that. Because, again, we got Pilar, We got Hernandez. We'll see, who we has, got we'll see what spring brings. I mean, you're not going to give Pompey the job at this point. But, I mean, if he has a, if he has a strong spring, you got to at least consider him for that fourth spot instead of McKinney. Because um, isn't Pompey a switch hitter? Yes, okay. I couldn't. I'm I not so. confident on that one there. I'm gonna look it up. Yeah, I'm sure he's a switch hitter. I hope he makes the team just for he the fact a... that I love a Canadian on the Yeah, Jays. he is a switch hitter, and I really want him to do well because he has been working in the minors and with Team Canada yeah. a lot. You know, I really want him to, but I wouldn't want him. Looks over like Kevin a ball Blair. player. He does look like a ball player, and the fact he went two for three isn't bad. Um, <laughs> other than that, Dwight Smith Jr. one for three, two ribbies, not bad for him. But again, we still lost, and then we got shut out again by the Yankees. Um, Stroh show was not not too good. Nope. Gave up a bomb to Tulo immediately. What do you think of Tulo Selly after? Like he was super jacked Man. up afterwards. He said it was he was it was a special one. Kind of went off against the Jays. I said it earlier. I would if I was that excited about a 315 foot fly ball into the right field stands or just over the fence. Like the three, it's a 314 was the distance to the foul pole, and he hit 315. So I mean, in most ballparks in Toronto, that's a that's a fly out. At, at worst, it's a double, mm-hmm. just because it's a the Yankees Yankees spring training stadium has the same dimensions as their shitty ballpark, um, where their right field porch is basically an infield fly away from a home run. If I was like, excited about a three hundred fifteen foot fly ball, uh, I don't know, I'd probably have like I'd, I'd spontaneously combust. Like this dude was so pumped, it's like he never hit a fly ball before. Yeah, like what do you think about celebrating spring training home runs, Patrick? <laughs> Please go off. Please go off. Just don't do it. It was really, it was a bad, like, I mean, I get it. He had a massive chip on his shoulder, and maybe he and Stroman are still buds from their time here in uh, Toronto. And, you know, maybe uh, 
maybe Strowman served up a meatball by mistake, although how many times can you do that before it's not a mistake? It just means you suck. Anyway, um, whatever. Just let him... Ha- he had his moment. Um, I would put betting money against uh, or in favor of that being the highlight of his season. Really? I think Tulo's going to oh, yeah. I think he's going to have a little bit of an impact with the Yankees. Uh, until he's replaced. Yeah, but I think yeah. I, I think he's going to be a bench guy. I think he's going to be like a, a pinch hitter, a spark kind of guy. When guys get hurt, he comes in. I don't know. I, I have a good feeling about Tulo coming in for the Yankees. You heard it here first. Tulo might be better than he was with the Jays with the Yankees. Um, Mark Leiter Jr., do I dare bring it up? <laughs> yep, there we go. No, that's that's all we need for Mark Leiter Jr., just a grunt. That's all he gets. Um, also, though, we had one hit, and we struck out ten times in that game. Yeah. So, again, we're 0-3. Real rough start. We got shut out twice. But, guys, it's early. It's early, but are you a little worried? No. A, li- a little no. worried. A tiny, no. super small bit worried. I could not watch a game of spring training and go into the season with the exact same low expectations that I already have. Are you a little worried, Patrick? Uh, yeah. I would say, like, what's you know how there's like those forest fire things where it's like what what depending Modern on like risk. the color it goes all the way up to like red. Okay, I thought you meant like oh red. those those random forest fire things, like not the color, the actual forest fire. I thought you were just no, sweeping like, under the, the rug forest sta- fires, like. The scale. Oh, are, yeah, I know. And now I, know. I was like, you know, no those, one knows. you know those little forest fire things that sometimes take out thousands and thousands of acres <laughs> and, of land? And sometimes cities. Yeah, you know, those things, you know? Oh, okay, the okay, scale. Okay, all right. Yeah, let, yeah. Me, let me dial it back. Okay. Yeah. Are you guys familiar with yeah, the Torino impact scale? Yes, yes, there we go. There we go. Okay. Okay, so let's compare <laughs> the first three games to an asteroid. I would say right now it's probably a one, which means it, it warrants attention however it is likely to be downgraded to a zero and there's probably not that much to worry about besides who cares we're probably going to lose 90 games this year anyway exactly so whatever so are there like there's like 25 or something games in spring training we could go 25 and 0 and i'd still expect us to lose 90 games the detroit lions went 4 and 0 <laughs> in the preseason the year they went 0 and 16 yeah there you go so the, it really means nothing but at the same time when your team has a bad spring training, you're always like, oh, it's spring training, whatever. But whenever the Jays have had a good spring training, I'm always like, this is the year. Choo-choo. Oh, we're awesome. It's all, It's always, you always kind of flip the script, you know? If you're, yeah. if you're good in spring training, good things are ahead. If you're bad in spring training, oh, it's just This is why I love training. being a cynic. I know. I never it's, have to get my hopes up. It's so fun. Um, let's just get some other uh, spring training predictions here, guys. Who do you think is going to be the Jays' spring training MVP? Patrick, I'll let you bat lead off here. It's going to be Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Mm. Spicy take. Mm. Not really, though, because I've been touting him for a long time, and I think once he actually gets some consistent play, I think he he could hit 300 okay. in, a, uh, in a full season where he's not bouncing around or having to worry about getting called up or whatever because he was just so good last year. I think that's just the tip of the iceberg. Reese McGuire. Boom. Threw out a base runner today. He's going to steal the backup catcher's role from Luke Maley. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Reese McGuire? <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. 
And Grizzly Adams. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Who was right about Manny Machado way back in when? And you guys thought I was crazy. This yeah, guy. you were right about someone going to San Diego. I've been right about a lot. I'd of things. I'd rather be right about G stuff no than someone going it. to the San Diego Padres. I get no credit for it. We hey. just gave you credit at the top of the episode. Spicy. We said someone is gonna. Yeah, we said, hey, good I'm job going, predicting it. I gave you credit. I'm going for the spicy take. No, thanks for just I was tuning gonna me say out Joel, when I give you credit. I was gonna say Joe be a genie, but I knew Patrick would have an aneurysm if I said that. So I'm gonna go with Reese McGuire. I was going to give an honorable mention to Joe Biagini for yeah. spring training MVP. Also, honorable mention to Bo Bichette. I think he's going to have a good spring training. But I think Ryan Barucki will be our spring training MVP. I think the way that he started out against the Tigers, he looked good. Like he was he was painting the corners, too. Like He wasn't leaving That's balls over does. the plate. That's and how he do. He's picking corners already, and it's just the start of spring training. I think good things are coming for Ryan Barucki. Who's going to have the worst spring for the Jays? Someone that's going to make you go, ugh. Danny Jansen. Okay, Danny Jansen. You're all over the catchers today. He's going to have – I think he's going to have some issues this spring. Just And then Reese McGuire takes his job. No, I think he's – Danny Jansen is probably lock as the as at least a big league catcher. Yeah. Um, but I think he's going to have a shaky spring. I'm not worried about him in the long run, though. I just feel like he's going to be focused a little bit too much on learning the pitching staff and learning the new system under Montoya that he's going to put kind of put his offensive performance on the back burner a little bit, and he's going to come into the season a little bit slow. Patrick, worst guy for spring trading when all is said and done for the Jays. I'm going to preface my comment with the fact that I'm aware that Danny Barnes, Mark Leiter Jr., and Joe Biagini all exist and that they're not going anywhere and that they're going to be horrible. But <laughs> I'm going ultra spicy on this one. I'm going sweet chili heat. <laughs> Vladimir Guerrero Jr. That was, he was my honorable I mention. Think, I don't think he's going to live up to expectations. I think, I think he is going to be... He'll probably, I think he'll finish spring training hitting about 240, 250. Um, might have a couple of home runs, definitely a home run in Montreal. But I think he's going to look very average until the regular season starts or whenever he gets the call up. But I think, the, I think he's going to be the biggest disappointment only because. I, I like the idea of setting it up that everybody is worried about him, and then he comes, he comes up, in on April fourteenth or fifteenth, and he just ends up, you know, blown away expectations. <laughs> I think that's the thing. The expectations are too high for him. So if he does do anything under batting three hundred and hit ten dingers, it's going to be a disappointment. So I mean, that was my kind of thought process of it. But I think Kevin Pillar is going to have the worst spring. It's all about the catchers, boys. Kevin Pillar is going to have the worst spring. He's old. He's over spring training. He, he had a decline last year. Again, I love the guy, but I don't think Kevin Pillar is going to have a strong spring training this year. I'm hoping that our that friend of the show, Chris Henderson, is right, and he's the first Blue Jay trader this year. You guys can go suck a lemon, okay? <laughs> you see Dalton Pompey over yeah. Kevin Pillar. Are you high? Like, Jonathan Davis. How many, joints, yeah, did you, how many joints did you smoke before this podcast? Uh, ballpark 60. Reese McGuire's beating Maley. Pompey's beating Pillar. <sighs> Alex Anthopoulos over here running spicy, the Jays with your... Spicy, spicy, spicy. making Alex the sexy picks. Um, I think that's it. That's all for the uh, first week of spring training here, fellas. Um, again, it's it's going to be exciting to see what happens with Strom in the next few months. Yeah. It's... Uh, I wonder if he's if he's going to keep talking to the media, if he doesn't get a long-term deal, if he's going to talk with Atkins and Shapiro. I don't know. Mm. And I can't wait to see where Keuchel goes. Keuchel and Harper. I'm, I'm interested in Dallas Keuchel. I think he's yeah. a, he could be a game-changer for a team. Yeah. Um, a little preface to next week's episode, we may or may not have another guest lined up. Hmm. I'm not going to reveal who it is because I want people to 
follow us on Twitter. So when I announce it, there'll be a big hype storm sometime around Tuesday or Wednesday next yeah. week. I'll announce Joe yes. Carter. Yeah. Joe Carter is going to be on the podcast. Yeah, it's not Joe Carter, not but Joe Carter. we could we can dream. Someone just wet their pants, but no, it's yeah. not Joe Carter. But it's going to be an awesome guest. Um, episode eight, season two, in the books again. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Give us a follow at BFMD Podcast. Give us some comments. Retweet us. Mention us. Whatever we want to see what you guys think of this thing. Um, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play Music. We're all over that as well. Uh, <laughs> give us a review. Share us. Do all that stuff. Thanks for listening as well. Um, Extra music. What are we leaving with today, Patrick? Uh, I I don't remember. What is the title of this song? But I, you know it. It's one of those songs, you know it when you hear it. It's from Beverly Hills Ninja. When Chris Rock is on the palm tree and he's trying to uh, get on the roof. Yeah. Baltimore. Tarzan Boy. Tarzan Baltimore. Boy. Yeah. Like one of the greatest songs of all time. Um, it's a dandy. Um, for Justin, for Patrick, um, I'm out of here. Let's start singing it together. Oh, because of the delay on Skype, it sounded really, really bad. Thanks for listening, friends. Like Xbox party chat. You just can't count on it. It doesn't work. We're ending on an Xbox chat reference. Yeah. We're hip. Throw We're it edgy. Back 2011. Look out. <laughs>